Exodus chapter 4 verse 18 through verse 25. When you have Exodus chapter 4 verse 18 through verse 25, I want you to signify by saying, I have the bread. I'll be reading in the NIV tonight. It says, then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, go, and I wish you well. Verse 19, now the Lord had said to Moses in Midian, go back to Egypt for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons and put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. The Lord said to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I've given you the power to do. But um, bad news, I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. And I told you, let my son go so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go. So I will kill your firstborn son. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. But Zippor took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me, she said. So the Lord let him alone. And that time she said, bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. I'm going to go to verse 24, the problematic verse. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. And all of God's people said, Amen. Now, you either just trust me with this text or just sit it out and I get it and we'll just unpack it later. But look at somebody, tell them, God tried to kill me. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. The narrative of the Torah gives us a front row seat to the journey of what we deem as God's chosen people. Now, especially in the media and concerning the present situation in the Middle East, Gaza, um, Israel, the word chosen oftentimes can be uh, mystifying. Because oftentimes we take biblical words and define them with our cultural nuances. Because for us, chosen means you get a parking spot at church. And you get to sit on the front row no matter what time you get there. Chosen means you get to sing, but you get to sing with the microphone. Chosen means for us in our church culture means you get a title in front of your name. But I want to lift to you that biblical chosenness is not about being special. It's about responsibility. Most of us who would be deemed as chosen have went through some sort of experience where we wish we could have gave it back. I need you to look at somebody and tell them chosen I am. But tell them I didn't choose it. Didn't ask for it. You don't get to choose your calling. You only get to choose whether you surrender to it. Yes, they are God's chosen. It seems like chronologically, according to even this scripture, they are not the only son, but the firstborn of God. First, it has a consecutive implication. That means it's almost like what our parents kind of like practice with the eldest <laughs> and let the baby get away with everything. <laughs> Come on, old, the oldest in here. Talk to me in here. Some of the stuff that your younger siblings got away with, you wouldn't have never lived to see it. 
talking back and slamming doors. What? Hmm. If you think them being chosen means they have an easy path and journey, looking right here in the Exodus narrative, you already see that it's problematic with the label chosen. Because when we look at them in this scripture, they're, they're actually in bondage. They're in captivity. But they're still the beloved of God. I want to stop right here and say to you that no matter what your circumstance is, your circumstance has not changed your identity in God. Ooh, glory be to God. Now, I really want to say this. and that's, For some people, they won't shout off of that. There's no quickening statement. But that's a remnant of us in here. We struggle with identity. We, we struggle with if I have been delayed in my circumstances and situations, has God changed his mind? Glory be to God. But I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, tell him, I'm so glad that my captivity hasn't changed God's mind. My God. People may have changed their mind about you. And there are times you've changed your mind about yourself. But God is not intimidated. Mm, it's been a long journey, but somebody shout, he's not intimidated. He's not intimidated. They are in captivity. And God taps Moses on the shoulder. Moses, the one that was drawn out of the water. Moses, who had escaped the environment of Egypt. And he says, Moses, I want you to go to Egypt. I want you to go back. And I want you to give them this message. He says, tell them. Tell my chosen people who've been in captivity for 400 years, tell them, I've seen their afflictions. Mm. And I've heard their cry. I've seen their affliction. And I've heard their cry. Somebody in this room who's had to endure a season of God's silence, you need to know that God sees and God hears. Now, when I say God's silence, there's a, there's a group of you in here. You haven't walked with God long enough to know. But the God you serve, there are moments he'll go ghost on you. Yeah. I just need some seasoned saints in here. Somebody who's been saved more than a year. To be honest with you, there are moments where you can't feel them in your hands. There are moments you can't feel them in your feet. There are moments you're dancing, but you have no emotion connected to it. Y'all don't want to be honest. Give me one honest section. How many have gone through church and you did church without feeling God? And it's not all the time because you were in sin. If you walk with God and you're chosen by God, you'll go through an Eli, Eli, Sabachthani season where you're stuck and suspended between what God said and where you are presently and you feel like you can't feel him. There was one time you had a quickening. There was one time you had the tears. There was one time everybody was prophesying to you. Now you're stuck between Malachi and Matthew and you're trusting him. But the honest truth is you can't trace him. Somebody scream, I've been there, I've been there. And God sends a message. Says, tell them, I've seen their affliction. And I've heard their cry. And Moses start making every excuse why he cannot fulfill the assignment. And I believe that this year, in the midst of this fast, in the midst of this consecration, God is eliminating all of our excuses. Yeah, he is. Um, he started talking about the way he talks. He, he was intimidated about going to this strong superpower Egyptian system. But God convinced him through supernatural means that uh, I'm going to send you, but I'm going to do the delivering. Mm. So verse 18 says, God, although God supernaturally revealed himself to Moses through a bush that was on fire and not being consumed, although he had a word from Jehovah, yet he still went to his father-in-law to be released. 
for all of my note takers, I want you to write this down. The higher you go in God and in life, the more accountability you need. I told you I got a word from the Lord for you in this room. I mean, no, no, really. The higher you go, the more safeguards you need to set up around you. The more money you make, the more accountability you need. Uh, I need you to tell your neighbor, ain't nobody great but God. Hmm. You will never outgrow accountability. Now, healthy accountability is only viewed as controlled by those who have no desire to be submitted. I, I want to just talk to all of you who are dating this church, but you're not in covenant. And you're using excuses because of the trauma you experience in old churches and ministries. At some point, you got to get past the trauma. Oh, my goodness. I need you to look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, it's time to move forward. It's not that I'm being insensitive to your trauma. My question is, how long are you going to grieve over what God buried? Y'all not saying nothing. If it didn't kill you, it only made you stronger. I am convinced that we need accountability in our lives. We need people who are not so impressed by us that they can't challenge us. Hallelujah. We, we need people to say, oh, yes, I saw you on that magazine. Oh, yes, we saw what's happening on, on, on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah, we said, but how are you treating your wife? Oh, oh, oh yes oh you can sing oh my goodness you can sing but did you show up to church on Sunday hallelujah did you are you still paying your tithe come on we, we need people who can check us we need people that says yes your you, the message of your social media is confusing one moment you're talking about how good God is and the next moment you're cussing you need people in your life that can call you and say take that post down you need to tell you need people in your life says yes I'm happy you went on vacation but we don't need to see all of your pictures if it was about the people you were with you don't have to post everything to possess everything scream at somebody tell them I need accountability I don't want you to say you need tell somebody I need accountability because I know me I'm not locked to my past but my past tells me my potential I need you to run up to three people and tell them you're not dead yet and as long as you're not dead you without accountability is a mess you without accountability is a catastrophe scream at somebody tell them I know my potential know my potential potential to shout dance and speak in tongue and be somewhere different but before the night is over i know my oh wretched man that i am who shall deliver me from the body of this death and when you make up in your mind when you really get serious about god it's not about being right in front of people it's about being right in front of god and i start telling on myself before you tell on me Scream at somebody to tell them I need accountability. I need I need accountability in my life. I need account. Correct me. Correct me. Challenge me. Hallelujah. I don't need a bunch of friends. Come on. We need more. Come on. A bunch of us got a whole lot of colleagues, but you need some people in your life that love you enough that won't let you destroy everything you didn't build in the last 15 years. You need somebody in your life that says, I know you're impressed by the person who keeps massaging your ego, but don't forget about your marriage. You need some people in your life that will tell you, yeah, you're making a lot of money and you are volunteering for all the hours over time, but don't forget you got the job because somebody prophesied it over you. You need somebody to remind you. You need accountability in your life. Scream at somebody, tell them without accountability, I will jack it up. I will jack it up. I'll jack it up. I'm serious. Well, as long as I got God. No, you need God in somebody. Even when God got ready to save us from our sins, he used a body. And we got an hour, we got some people in this hour, they act like they got it so good with God.
God. Your relationship with God is reflective in your relationship with other people. Ain't no way you and God that cool and you can't get along with nobody else. The Bible says, how can you love God whom you've never seen and hate your brother whom you see every day? The Bible says, if you come to bring an offering and you got an oath against your brother, go get it right with them first. So how, how good are you with the people around you? Everybody can't be jealous of you. You hear me? Everybody not jealous of you. Just because I challenged you don't mean I'm jealous of you. Everybody don't want to be you. Come on. Everybody don't want what you got. Tell your neighbor, I don't want what you got. I don't have to be next in order to celebrate your now. But if I really love you, I'll tell you what I see. If I really love you, I'll warn you. Y'all be seated. He goes. He goes to. He goes to Jethro. Although he's had a spiritual. Supernatural experience. He still goes to his father-in-law. Says is it okay? Why does he ask the father-in-law is it okay? Because. We have the potential to miss it. You cannot gauge what God wants you to do just by spiritual experiences. Because the hour we live in is a spiritual hour. But everything that's spiritual is not godly. Just because people prophesy right don't mean it's coming from the right source. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. Because some of you are being manipulated now. You're being controlled by spiritual people. And you don't realize prophets and witches have similar movements. Hallelujah. But it's coming from a coming from a different source. Hey! And every witch is not an unconverted prophet. Some of them were born to this perdition. Some of them was born for this judgment. I'm telling you, you got to be careful. Because this hour we're living in, the water is getting very mucky. Ooh, the, the, the water's getting very muddy and people are being deceived they use enough scriptures oh my god I said they use enough scriptures to, to make you believe it but it contains enough poison to kill you oh you got to be very you, know, you got to be very false doctrine is not the opposite of the truth false doctrine is the truth contaminated they quote enough scripture and stop before it's time for them to reveal that what they're trying to do is a lie Oh, but I come to expose every demonic doctrine that's been trying to plug your mind. I come against every demonic system that's been trying to lure you. You won't come to Bible study, but you'll sit up and watch a YouTube video all night and then come to church looking strange. But I pull down every captivity and every stronghold, every lure, every doctrine of devils that's trying to contaminate your mind. I need you to touch three people. And I mean, get the three people. Tell them, cover your mind. Cover your mind. You need the helmet of salvation. I know it's in your heart, but you need the helmet of salvation. Because the warfare we're going through now is the enemy is sowing seeds in our ear gates. That's why when David said in Psalm 23, thou anointed my head with oil. Because the oil of a shepherd on the head of the sheep comes and covers the ear gates. Because if the ear gates are not covered, parents sights and bugs will come through the ear gates and you'll start seeing a sheep beating his head up against the wall because something got in my God and that's why some of you are self-sabotaging you're operating in self-sabotaging behavior because you put your ears to the wrong lips but I need you to look at your neighbor tell your neighbor cover your mind cover your mind because this is an evil day we're in this is why we need consecration we need more than musicals and concerts we need times of prayer because the enemy is after your mind. Oh, I need you to lay hands on your neighbor's shoulder and tell him when it gets confusing. 
remember what you knew when you were in your right mind. I want you to walk over and find somebody else. Go do it now. Do it now. Tell, tell them. Tell them when it gets confusing. Tell them when the water gets muddy. Remember what you knew when it wasn't confusing. Remember what you believed before you got confused. Hold on to what you knew. Hey, some of you giving up the truth. Hallelujah for nothing. You calling it being woke when you still sleep. Oh my God, you talking about enlightenment, but you standing in the dark. You're giving up the foundations of what you believed in exchange for more questions. Y'all be seated. Even New Testament prophecy, it tells us the New Testament prophecy is open to human error. That's why the Bible says, when you prophesy, prophesy in companies. Everybody can't fall out. Prophesy in companies of two and three. Not for the other two to go, oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. No, for the other two to judge. And when we judge, we're not just judging the word, we're judging your spirit. That's why I want to tell you spirit and truth. I want y'all to walk in freedom. I don't want y'all to be like the old church and ain't nobody anointed but the pastor. I want y'all to walk in freedom. I want y'all to walk in the gifts of the spirit. I want you to walk in the fivefold. But while you walking in the gifts of the spirit, you better stay sober. Anybody praying over somebody connected to you, get right there by their lips. Oh my God. Because if you don't, you're going to have to deal with the aftermath. Oh! Almighty man of God that's showing us the way to salvation. Almighty man of God that's showing us the way to salvation. Almighty man of God. The apostle says, come out of her demon. Oh, what? Hold on. Come out of her demon. Apostle, you good? Why are you saying demon? What she's saying is right. What she was saying was right, but her motives were impure. I see some of you, your discernment is being sedated by compliments. You around a whole bunch of people who are complimenting you, telling you how anointed you are, how gifted you are. And many of us will push people away that have sound voices and proven voices in our lives. She had a spirit of divination. She was saying the right thing. But she was trying to use the apostles to expand her influence. That's why the Bible says lay hands on no man suddenly. As we're expanding this movement called spirit and truth. If you said God sent you over here. I don't care what title you had before you got here. When you submit to this house put the credentials on the altar. You said God called you to serve well then serve. Get on the usher board. Work the parking lot because you got to be proven over here. I don't care what you was over there. We need to know your spirit. The Bible says we have to know them that labor among us. And if your heart is pure, oh, the church didn't shut down on me. Y'all know I'm not angry. It's just the way I preach. It's just the way I preach. It's just the way I preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, if your calling is of God, tell him it will keep. If you got a word from the Lord, we'll call for it. Y'all not saying nothing in here. You don't have to write it out, put it in on notes, slide it under my door. We got to cover our leader. Come on, somebody. We got to cover the house. If it's of God, it'll keep. Y'all be seated. I'm, my introduction is already long. Although you have a heavenly encounter you still need a witness in the earth because you can miss God and there's about 15 of us in this room that we'll be honest we don't have any more time to waste because I'm not going to tell y'all all my business but for some of us we thought it was God and because what we thought was God it set us back five years don't y'all leave me out here by myself 
I thought somebody would support me in this. Come on. Anybody in here, you just knew it was God. It was just a witness in your spirit. But see, that's why I'm going to tell you, y'all need to get that, get them Hallmark cards and them mahogany cards out of your spirit. Talk about follow your heart. The devil is a liar. Do not follow your heart. Follow the Holy Ghost. Your heart is deceitful. It's manipulative. How many in here, be honest, your heart lied to you. Your heart told you that was the one. And now that one is with another one. Come on, church. Come on, talk to me in here. Tell your neighbor, my heart is tricky. My heart is tricky. Again, Brandon, this is what this is what the Lord says to him in verse 19. He says, those who wanted you dead are already dead. He didn't didn't bring that up. You don't hear Moses say anything about people want me dead. All Moses kept talking about was I can't talk good. I can't talk good. In other words, my point is, some of us, our lack of surrender is not about what we say it's about. It was never about the speech. It was really about the past. Mm. Now, I'm going to release this word in the atmosphere. I'm not a false prophet, so don't you be a false receiver. But I want everybody in this room that you struggle with fear because of things in the past. I'm going to give you five seconds because God is getting ready to put stuff in unmarked graves. Come on, no, do it. Praise the name. It ain't coming back up. I said it ain't coming back up. I need somebody to open up your mouth because that that was opposing you is dead. You worried about something that has already been dismissed. Almost felt the praise there. I'm not going to do it. I almost felt the praise there. I come to tell somebody if it do come back up, it ain't going to have no power. Somebody need to shout right now because God just took your record and spirit that's trapping you in your fear, causing you to be immobile. Somebody just make a step forward and shout, it's behind me. It's an unmarked grave. One, two, Just wanted to make sure you were ready. you to look at your neighbor ask yourself ask your neighbor a question tell him question how would you praise him if you knew what was in the past was staying in the past If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are. God is about to free you up. He's addressing all the stuff that's been vexing you. He's addressing all the things that's been trapping you in fear, keeping you from moving forward. 
got something to say and I need somebody to praise him. Pharaoh's army. It's drowned. It's drowned. He said, Lord, blot out my transgressions. He didn't say erase it. He said, blot it out. See, in, in ancient writing, and even to this day, when you go to Israel and you watch rabbis and scribes copying Torahs by hand, if they get so far into the Torah text, and if they make a mistake, they're not going to start over. They're going to take ink, the same ink, and blot it. So when you go back and read, you're going to say, something happened there. But it's under the ink. Something happened there, but it's under the... Under the I, come to, I need somebody to shout because the enemy won't be able to trace it. But he can't trace it. Woo, all right, all right. Y'all please be seated. Be seated. Be seated. It's under the blood. There is therefore no condemnation. Pull on somebody and tell them stop rehearsing the past. It's time for you to move forward. It happened. It happened. It happened. You can't change it. It happened. But now it's time to move forward. Thank you. Y'all be seated quickly as you can. Oh, oh, oh. Hear me, hear me. So the Lord tells Moses, the people you were afraid of, I've already removed. Your obstacles are already, already moved. God addresses his fears. And he says, okay. God convinced him. That just because you got a speech issue, I got that covered. Aaron is going to speak for you. You ain't got no power. I didn't give you a staff. And take that staff with you. <sighs> You're afraid of the past? Those who seek to kill you and then got a record of your past? They're already gone. So Moses says, okay, I'm good. I'll go. And the Bible says Moses packs up his family and makes his way to his assignment. And the Bible says he stops for the night to lodge because the journey is long. And while they're lodging, God, not the devil, but God. The Bible says God seeks out to kill Moses. And to those who don't know our God, they will call our God schizophrenic. To those who don't know our God, these are theological challenges because the way they see our God is through the animations. Where God is on one side and Satan is on the other side. And they're both in some sort of rival. But let me tell you something about Jehovah. He has no rival. Let me tell you about Jehovah. He has no equal. As a matter of fact, the punishment of Satan, y'all help me through here. The punishment of Satan is that he is a servant of God. And I know I just said something that may seem a little erroneous to some of you in this room. 
Satan, Lucifer, is not bound in chains. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of Job, one of the oldest texts, that when the sons of God came before the throne of God, Satan came also with them. And when Satan shows up, God doesn't say, get out of here. What are you doing here? He doesn't say, what are you doing here? He says, where have you been? And when he asks him, where have you been? Satan's response is, I've been going to and fro, seeking whom I may devour. Because in the presence of God, even the liar got to tell the truth. If you really want to expose the liars and the toothpaste people in your life, just get the presence of God around. Snakes can't handle flames. They don't mind your programs. But when you start fasting and praying, it will expose the submitted and the non-submitted. He says, I've been seeking who I can devour. And not say them, but God says, I mean, well, have you considered Job? What? Why is the God that I serve having conversations with the devil that's trying to destroy me? Because the punishment of Satan is that he has to serve the purpose of God. That's why Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says, one thing we do know is a whole lot we don't know. But what we do know is what? All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and to them who are called according to his purpose. I need you to push the person beside you. Tell them this thing is about to flip for you. What you thought was working against you is getting ready to work for you. And I hear the Holy Ghost told me to tell somebody your last situation is about to pay you. My God, my God. Did you hear what I said? Your last situation is getting ready to come back to you in currency. Your last conflict is coming back in currency. I'm past the time I set for myself. I will expedite this now. But the Bible says, not Satan, but God is coming to kill Moses. It doesn't make sense. Because we have made God a flat character. But if, you, if God is truly made, if we're truly made in God's image and likeness, ain't nothing flat about us. We're a dynamic issue. We're dynamic people. Even the individuals you call the protagonists. If you watch the right kind of movie, the protagonist can turn into the antagonist at any given moment. Especially with a twist plot. Because all of us, we're either good people or challenging people depending on what chapter we're in. Don't y'all look at me like this. See, y'all in love with Psalm 23, David, but there's some other parts of David that are a little bit more complicated. I need you to tell your neighbor, tell him, I'm going to be honest. I am complicated. I got some funny ways. Oh, y'all not. Some days I want to be with somebody and there are days I want to be left alone. So I don't know whether I want to be in a relationship or whether I want to. I'm complicated. You asked me whether I want to go to eat. I said it doesn't matter until you bring up a restaurant. And then I said, I don't want to eat that. I'm complicated. I'm complicated. I'm complicated. I'm made in the image of God. Ain't nothing simple about me. When we talk about God says who can search his understanding. So you can't make God flat. And all of you are trying to find out whose side is God on. Whose side is God? Is God on the side of the Republicans or God on the side of the Democrats? Who's, whose side is God on? Because some of you, some of your biggest, one of your biggest revelations is going to be that everybody you don't like may not be God's enemy. Just because you and your clique sit around and talk about them don't mean God's favor is not on them. God 
God did all that to convince Moses to go. I hope I'm not boring y'all with this. I'm sorry. I didn't practice a hoop tonight. I just made sure I had the scriptures tonight. The, the Bible said after God tried to convince Moses, kept going back. Oh, no, I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you. And Moses said, oh, okay, finally, I'll go. Then he got permission. So I'll go. He says, I'm taking care of all your enemies. Moses says, I'll, I'll go. And then the same God that convinced him to go creeps in the room with him and gets ready to kill him. What? And the Bible says his wife grabbed the knife real quick and circumcised their son. Whew. She perceived what God required. Seems like there was a conversation that had already happened. How does she know? I need you to look at somebody tell them you already know what God requires. So this fasting and this praying is not about Lord what you want. This fasting is praying is Lord give me the discipline to give you what you want. Oh my God. We don't have to lay in the floor and say Lord what it is that you require. God already told you to come out of that relationship. God already told you to cut that connection off and some of us are, stay, are, are praying hoping God will change his mind but this fasting and praying is not about changing God's mind it's about surrendering to his command what is the Lord saying the Lord saying I'm not going to allow you to abandon your natural duty to fulfill a spiritual assignment uh oh you don't get to not pay your bills and give sow seeds and think that's going to balance it out. I don't want to hear your prophesying and you're not helping your children and making sure they're doing their homework. Come on, somebody. Come on, come on. God, God, God is not going to excuse us from taking care of our natural duties to fulfill spiritual assignments. Because look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, it's all spiritual. Moses. Evidently, Moses had been stuck and suspended through between two cultures because for 40 years he's been with the Midianites. And the Midianites, tradition says the Midianites, they did not circumcise until uh, weeks before the wedding. But in, in the Hebrew custom, and according to the law, uh, in, uh, the law of Abraham, before Mosaic law, the commandment is that they would be circumcised eight days after the, after the son is born and so living in the culture of people around them calls Moses to start compromising mm. and some of us have messed up because we have established our standard based upon the people around us oh God I live in hotels and it's very complicated for me because I live in hotels there are days I don't know what floor I'm supposed to be on yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You go in and the night before you was on the sixth floor. So you go to off the sixth floor. But tonight you're on the 11th floor. And so it's very complicated. And then I got this thing that when other people get off the elevator, I automatically get off. I, I'm serious. It's like some of y'all do with cars. You know, if somebody if you if you're in a lane and somebody start going for it, you start going for it until you realize your light is not green. And just because they're moving don't mean it's your time to move. When I get in the elevator, the furniture looks the same on every floor. But there are times I got to stay still when everybody else is getting off because God has taken me to a higher place. And some of us are messing up because we're in compromise because we are comparing ourselves to other people's standard. But I need you to push somebody to tell them, you can't do what everybody else does. What other people call liberty will put you in bondage. So y'all can talk about me, call me spooky and call me spiritual all you want to. You can call me church but I got to live like this because the last time I tried to live in your balance I failed y'all not sending me here so yeah, that's why the rest of y'all y'all can have your little social drinking party but for me I can't go out socially drinking because social drinking set my family back for three generations and they, some of them are still trying to come out of it so I can't give space to the enemy what you can play with can destroy me Ooh. 
Don't you be listening to them church people. They just legalistic. No, no, no. The speed limit is not to control me. It's to preserve me. No, no, no. I know some of you are rejecting. You're rejecting God's standard for your life. Oh, I come, I come for you tonight. I'm coming for you tonight. You didn't got around the Midianites. Whew. You didn't got around the Midianites. And the Midianites will start making you think, oh no, all of that don't make no sense. No, no. It may not make sense for you. Because, but because of where God is taking me. Hallelujah. I said, because where God is taking me, I can't walk out. I can't walk around all day and work out clothes. You don't hear what I'm saying. Oh my God. What you call pants and leggings is pantyhose for somebody else. Y'all not talking to me in here. I can't handle. I can't handle somebody seeing all of my curves. Y'all, oh, y'all not saying nothing to me in here. I got to know what I can handle and what I cannot handle. My God, because I know where God delivered me from, and I'm determined not to repeat the last season who I came out of. Some of you can't handle Snapchat. Because God can still recover the messages. Tell your neighbor, stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to yourself. Talking about what you can handle and what you can't handle. Stop lying to yourself. You got to follow the standard of God for your life. Why? Because delayed obedience produces consequences. And I'm going to say this in this room. The death sentence Moses was about to incur was not because of the presence of sin. Because Moses had to have some other sins. No, for real. He had to have some other sins. Because I know most of us will say, well, I just got that one thing. If God can give me to be honest, it's more than one thing. If you think it's only one thing, you're just in denial. All of us got more than one thing that keeps us on the altar. Mm. Hear me. But it's not the presence of sin that almost killed him. It's the absence of covenant. Some of us have come out of covenant with God. The only thing that's covering some of us is the covenant. My God. Because he doesn't have to keep you, but he does have to keep his covenant. I need 50 people in here to just start praising God because he covered you when he could have exposed you. Circumcision is a sign of covenant. It's the cutting of flesh. Uh, I need you to pull on somebody and tell them God had to cut me. Tell them it didn't feel good to me, but it was necessary. Come on, tell somebody it didn't feel good to me, uh, but it was necessary. Somebody shout, I made the cut. Because everybody that want to go in will not be able to go in if they haven't experienced the cut I need you to pull on your neighbor and say neighbor this month he's working on my pride shout this month he's working on my rebellion somebody shout this month he's working on my disobedience this month he's working on my lust because I want to be I want to be in covenant and covenant comes back way of circumcision the bible declares after they made it through the wilderness it was time for them to go into the promise but before they were going to the promise the lord told joshua say you can't go into the promise without the promise keeper you need to be circumcised i need you to tell your neighbor said oh neighbor we know how to sing. Said, oh, neighbor. We know how to dance. But ask them a question. Ask them, have you been circumcised? Have you experienced the cutting? Have you come in?
into covenant. I know you know church, but do you know God? It ain't worship until it costs you something. You can sing the songs, but you gotta walk this out. Well, I want you to grab somebody and say, man, I'm not shouting just to be shouting, but I'm walking this out. I'm walking out my yes. I'm walking out my surrender. I'm walking out my calling. It's costing me. There are times in my life I got to rebuke me. I got to rebuke my flesh. But the Bible declared he wants more than your hallelujah. Romans chapter 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy unto God which is your reasonable service be not conformed to the Midianites be not conformed to social media be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind lay hands on your head
Do it in me. Do it in me. Come on, one time, pray. Do it in me. I, I, uh, God told me to preach this message tonight. God told me to preach it because, uh, uh, Pastor William, will you come here? This is why God told me to preach this message tonight. I want you to walk around this pulpit. Just walk casually. Take your time. Walk casually. Because this is what I saw in the spirit. Walk casually. Some of you are walking casually and don't realize you got pending judgment over you. Because God has put too much in you to let you fumble it. Now, I know I know what some people are going to say. Bishop, you preaching law. I'm not. You know why I'm not preaching law? Because this text is before the law. Sinai ain't even took place. But somebody said, no, but God is a God of grace. Yeah, he sure is. Don't you see the text? No, no. You don't see grace in the text? I'm going to show you why there's grace in the text. Because God could have killed him before he left. God could have killed him while he was packing. God could have killed him on his. God waited. I'm going to ask y'all with no assistance on music. I want everybody in this room to know God waited. I want you to give him a praise right now. He waited. He could have came while I waited, but he waited while I came. Oh, 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 come on, up out of your belly. I want you to praise him for what you and God know about. You could have been cut off a long time ago, but God, but God. Praise him. Come on, saints, praise him. I give you glory for another chance. Ho! I give you glory for another chance. Come on. I give you glory for another. Come on, come on. I give you glory for another chance. No, no. Because we don't get them that kind of prophecy no more. We don't get that kind of prophecy. That's played out. All the prophecies now is God gonna make you a millionaire. But but true prophecy, hallelujah, comes to build up, but it also comes to challenge and warn. And I'm not telling you, I'm not telling you you're gonna drop dead. Because for some of you, dropping dead will be easier than to be dead and walking. Nothing is worse than to be living in the midst of a missed moment. Nothing is worse when you realize that, oh, out of all what you call success now, you know you did not walk out God's calling for your life. Oh yeah, you got your degrees, and I'm looking in this room. I was, heavy degrees, heavy, beautiful games. Cut your way, Bishop. But what did what did he call you for? Just for you to have a degree? What was the assignment behind? And I'm gonna say this because when our church and our ministries, when we come into the Jewish New Year, we come in in September. This is the year 5784. And so when the Lord was preparing me to come here tonight, I said, well, this is the beginning of their Gregorian year. So Pastor Moore got them fasting in this month. Then the Lord took me. I was studying today on my way here. The Lord took me that according to the Jewish calendar, this is the month Tibet. Hear me. This is the month Tibet. And in the month Tibet, the Jews start fasting around the 10th 
of January or what they call the month of Tibet. Hear me. This is the month where Hadassah was given an opportunity to go before King Hahasuerus. If you, oh, some of y'all may not know her real name. Y'all call her Esther. Hear me. Oh. And the Lord told me to tell my church on Sunday, we're in a window of opportunity. Now, you have to realize, Hadassah, we glamorized her, but she had a moment. When Mordecai, oh my God, I'm sorry y'all for preaching like this tonight. This is what the Lord gave me. All I got. When Mordecai came to her, it's a prophetic voice. And says, now, you didn't went to school, you got a good job, you're making good money. But God brought you in here. God put you in here. Now you're questioning everything, but God put you in here. Then, it, then she said, but I don't know if I want to do, I don't know if I want, I feel comfortable doing this. He says, he, he says, could it be that God brought you into the kingdom for such a time as this? And we always quote that scripture like, hallelujah, hallelujah. But the next part is, listen what the rest of He said, but if you don't do it, God will raise up somebody else and you won't live to watch it. I want everybody you gotta do what the Lord told you to do the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God I pray that you are blessed by the message today and if you want to continue to get more inspirational motivational and even more gospel messages I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast and today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.